0: So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another special episode of IndiePod, where we get to talk to the people behind some of our favorite indie games. Today, we have Fabio Rosa, the head of studio and co-founder of Coffee
1: Knots. Thanks for joining. Thanks for having me.
0: I am very glad to have you on. I'm glad you were able to join because honestly, the game looks like a fun time, uh, just looking at kind of how wacky or, or quirky these uh, the designs, the, the theme, just the, the general concept. Um, I love it. But before we start off, um, as far as going into the game, we do this with every episode. We like to get to know the people behind those games, right? So uh, Fabio, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself and kind of how you got into games in the first place?
1: ok sure it's kind of a i think for uh, as for most people here in brazil it's a little convoluted the way i got into games but uh uh let me see if i can summarize it well uh so uh, initially like uh, i i that wasn't my uh goal at all like i i i actually went to college to do just i, I studied like international relations then wow. i was like uh, man i'm gonna I'm gonna do a cinema. That's kind of something that was always in my mind. Like, man, cinema is gonna be something cool to work with. And uh, so I, I studied a little bit of cinema. And uh, uh, meanwhile, like uh, in order to fund my uh, indecisiveness, I had to work <laughs> on something else. So uh, I I spent like all these years uh, just teaching English. I was an English teacher for like ten years. I started when I was like fifteen. So, uh, so yeah, I had been teaching English for a long time and then I tried to get into uh, cinema and and I didn't really enjoy the people and uh, then this, this random time I was talking to a student of mine who's like a computer uh, engineer and I was saying, just was having this, a, a chat and I was saying, oh, man, I'm thinking of studying something else, I'm not sure, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Uh, I I think i'm a big nerd i think i like computers i should do something with computers and mm-hmm. then th- and then this student like uh, uh, magically had this insight and he said uh well you know you you were studying cinema you like computers it's kind of sounds like games to me right you know? and right. i was like okay yeah uh, okay so then i uh i started to look for like where uh can People study uh, to to work with that here in São uh, in São Paulo, and uh, so I found some places because, like, it's it really is not a, like a big industry here in Brazil. Like, uh, nobody knows anybody that 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 does this. It's, it's kind yeah. of like you don't uh, you you can't just like oh you can talk to your uncle. He doesn't. Mm, there there isn't anything like that. It's All very right. uh, limited number of people. So so I found this course. And it was actually a, a college-level course, and it was pretty cool. And I was okay. Let's try that. Uh, so, and uh, by this time I was like uh, uh, 24 already, which is kind okay. of a, it. Yeah, it's kind of a you know second time going to college. Kind of like a, a, a seemingly late to radically change your career. but i was like man it's never too late yeah that's what i learned it was never too late so 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 i was like okay no i really want to do this so then i started and i started really getting into it because there's something about uh uh making games that uh really goes with uh the way my my mind works i mean Mm -hmm. it's uh uh something that also uh later in life i found is that uh, i i am i have i totally have adhd and i i, I got diagnosed as an adult which is a it's it's a, it's it's interesting uh to say the least like uh, uh, like it's it's interesting to like after you've already grown up you're like okay i do i i'm adhd but that explained so many things for right my, you start putting the
0: pieces together you're like oh that's why all this happened
1: yeah so like uh, when i studied international relations this this is a properly like very academic thing i had to read a bunch of stuff sociology and books about economics and mm-hmm. like uh, i'm not sure how it is in america but in brazil when you when you're finishing a college course you have to deliver some sort of big thing we call it here okay. the final project yeah dissertation or something like mm-hmm. that and uh uh i w- when i was finishing uh, international relations i was like man there's no way i'm gonna be able to write a dissertation i can't focus just for a second and this is before i knew about adhd so i had right. this idea i'm gonna talk to the to the oh, what's the name of the the, the boss of the college the,
0: oh, like the, the dean? Or like yeah, the head of the... kind
1: of like our, our equivalent of a dean. And I said, can my dissertation be in video form? Mm. And this is something that they didn't have in this course. And I, and he was like, OK, uh, uh, before you can do that, you have to prove to me that you can make a video that is ac- academic. So then I, I, I kind of did, did some tests, and in the end, uh, I, I was the first one to, ha- to have a video, like it was a document, a video essay. And that really struck me as a thing that now is a, is a big part of uh, why I know that I'm into games. Hmm. Uh, that struck me uh, because it became clear that uh, I don't need to feel dumb if I can't communicate in that particular medium that right. uh i need that, that i'm being asked to right, right. and and I, I know this is a problem that a lot of people have not just in terms of communicating but also receiving information like uh, uh so uh to me like I, I learn very visually i need to i like to watch documentaries videos classes I'm not really a big reader and hmm. it really sucks uh, it, like uh, it's 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 a you know, in a many ways a blessing to be born at this period in time because you have so many options of ways you can right. communicate and uh i always felt like a creative guy and I, I wanted to the reason i wanted to do cinema is because i wanted to be able to to create stuff to invent like uh, stories and uh, then all these things combined made me realize like uh, you know uh, uh uh this type of thing like uh, making games is a, a is a, a great way to communicate for right. somebody like me and like uh, it, it's every day is different like uh, I, I I there there are no repetitive tasks like uh, everything is a big challenge and is it's, uh, it, it's uh, and it, they're all interesting challenges it's like making games combines all the hard parts of making an app and a movie
0: right. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of moving parts. So, so, so tell me, how did you go from, you know, these, these struggles, this international relations to teaching English to, okay, I kind of want to create games. And then all of a sudden, like we, you know, jump to now you are the co-founder and head of studio at coffee knots, right? How did that come about? How did coffee knots become a thing?
1: So, um, as soon as I started studying it, I was like, man, I'm really into it. So I really, I dedicated a lot of my time for the course. And in this particular course, like uh, all the projects that you have to do, they are practical. You have to make, keep constantly making games. And mm-hmm. I quickly assembled this kind of group, this team of people in, uh, in uh, at, at the school. And we were like, a. a uh, year after, uh, semester after semester making really cool games and we named our group Coffee Nuts. <laughs> and uh, uh, so I mean by the end of the course uh, uh, we were kind of uh, known as, as being these like uh, a little too dedicated students you know like uh, we would uh, go into uh, uh, all, all sorts of lengths to, to have this perfect project but uh, mm-hmm. in the end, it paid off because uh, uh, by the end of the course, we had this game, right. which we thought was really, really cool. It was a game about airlines and space.
0: Yeah. Okay. This I'm actually uh, I'm actually very interested in this because when I was looking over your portfolio page on the Coffee Knots website, I was looking and I saw in one of the videos that it seemed to be the game that we're going to talk about, which is you know space lines. Um, But an older version of it is—is that the case? Is that where that originally came from? And then you wanted to redo it, or like you know, create a remastered, if you will. Well, um,
1: it's uh, it's the same game. It's just Hmm. that that we we uh, like a lot of people from our in our course. What they would do is that they would have this project, and then they would finish it, and then they would deliver it, and boom, you have a diploma you graduated now. Look for a job, right? Right, but we were so happy about this game, this student project that we were like, okay, like, uh, uh, what do you want to do with this? Like, right. do, do we want to look for maybe a job? There are not there aren't a lot of jobs. It's like they're, they're not like the, you can just uh, find uh, video game companies everywhere here in Brazil. So maybe you, mm. you'd have to find a job abroad or something like that. Like, do we want to do that? Or do we want to have kind of like, you know, that indie dream? Like you have yeah, your yeah. You know, studio, you're making your game, total creative freedom, sort of thinking, okay, do we have something here? I think it's going to be good. So after I finished college, we just kept making it. And uh, uh, meanwhile, like I was still teaching English. Uh, uh, like, the, uh, everybody had like a side job like uh, mm-hmm. one of our guys was like a, a store clerk we haven't we even had a baker oh my goodness yeah uh, so i mean uh a lot of people who had like no business doing the uh making games uh were like okay now let's keep doing it to see what happens so then we, we 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 took this project that is the one that you saw in that portfolio kind of the that was the college version and we kept making it and mm-hmm. while we kept improving it we took it to uh, first uh, local events like there's a really cool event here in Brazil in São Paulo called big festival okay. and uh, it's like uh, it's the, the go-to place if you are uh, indie developer in Brazil and you want to be able to not just meet people from other from the rest of the world but also uh, learn there's a lot of uh, uh lectures and uh not lectures there's a lot of talks
0: right Uh, right
1: so we 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 kept taking it there and then uh uh, things grew and grew uh we, we started to become more visible and then we on a whim we we sent the game we submitted it to something called the game connection uh awards Hmm. You know, so Game Connection is this event that happens in America uh, in San Francisco, uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. alongside GDC, but and they also have the Europe one. But we we, we submitted the game to this to uh, Game Connection America, and uh, very unexpectedly, we got nominated to for two uh, awards. Uh, nice. So, uh, uh, best casual game and the most promising IP.
0: Wow! And, very exciting.
1: Yeah, so so that was like okay. Uh, we really have something here, and uh, the new part is that now we have to go abroad, <laughs> and uh, uh, that there's a whole a whole other story. But uh, uh, get uh, uh, when we when we did go to San Francisco, we got the both we got both the awards, the first time uh, any Brazilians to do got those awards, and. Uh, uh, and then uh, Xbox met us there, and they said, "Oh, we really like your game. We want to help out."
0: Hmm. Wow.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. The rest very, is history. Uh,
0: very, uh, you know, right place, right time, but also uh, hard work paid off. That's awesome to hear, though. Um, are you? So let's let's talk about length as far as like how long you've been working on this, because obviously it's college project, and then continuing to work on it how long has this been in development would you say
1: well longer than uh i would say i would call it like a professional project because like we are every single thing we're doing right now we're learning as we're doing it Mm -hmm. so right so the 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 year that we finished college was 2017. okay so uh at the end of 2017 that was it we finished college and then so we've been like uh, the past three or four years uh, still developing it, but right. I mean, it, it now we're nearing the end. It's gonna yeah. we're gonna release this year.
0: Yeah, and plus, it, it sounds like some of that uh, working on it for those years was was a little bit part time. If you also had those other jobs that you were doing on the side to to you know uh, pay the bills, so to oh, speak. Oh yeah,
1: totally part time. It's just it, it, it just stopped being part time last year.
0: Wow, wow. Okay, well, yeah. um, and are you still with the same team from from college or have there been new people? Have people left? Like what does that, that look like as far as the team goes?
1: Well, that's the uh, a really cool part. Like uh, we have all the, the people, the original uh, people from college. Very nice. Uh, and uh, now, so ever since we got like Xbox to help us and then uh, the beginning of last year, we also got uh, Skystone Games. Uh, mm-hmm uh to uh, uh like a uh, uh, to partner up with us uh we were able to uh increase the size of the team uh very cool and so now we have like uh, 20 people working in the project. wow yeah. yeah it's really it, it's it's unbelievable just just say that it's unbelievable
0: <laughs> <laughs> so i'm i'm super interested in this um this is more uh personal interest as far as like when uh, because I, I don't know anything about this, but when you're creating a game and you're at that level of of showing off your game at, at a convention, and someone like an Xbox, uh, you know those an entity, uh, whoever that might be, comes up to you and they say, "Hey, I want to help you out with their game with your game." What does that look like? What, what what do you mean by they wanted to help out? Is that they're actually funding a portion of it? Is that a, and obviously from a legal standpoint, if you can't talk about some of these things, that's totally fine. But I'm just, I'm I'm curious to see like what that conversation look like, looks like and what those benefits really mean.
1: Well, um, in a way, the conversation uh, is not different from when i show it to a publisher that doesn't uh like our game you know so uh, <laughs> okay <laughs> so uh, it, it it's kind of like uh just doing it so many times like uh, by, by the time we got uh, skystone mm-hmm. uh uh to uh, to partner up with us uh um, no kidding i think i i probably pitched the game to like uh, I don't know, nearly six hundred different people. Oof. So I mean, uh, so the, the so so the first part of my my answer is, uh, uh, you gotta be able to take the first five hundred and ninety eight no's. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because like, uh, and and this is this really this is really something that comes with. Uh, I think this is really—it's—it's it's great that this was my second attempt at a, at a career, right. because this kind of added maturity helped me not be like a oh either I'm the best thing in the world or I am trash, right? You
0: right. Know? Uh,
1: it kind of so 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 every time we heard a it grounds
0: you, right? It gives you a little bit more perspective on things.
1: Absolutely. So every time we got a publisher saying oh no we, we think it's great but you know it was a very small team we're not sure. It's risky Mm -hmm. and uh, what we would do is like okay lesson learned i mean we have some uh, constructive feedback uh -hmm. let's keep trying let's keep making the game better and uh there's always a next time uh so and it was really important to initially have that as a side gig because there's no real like big pressure to that has to work or else i'm 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 doomed, you know.
0: Right, right.
1: Which is a uh, it's a problem that a lot of startups have. Like uh, Yeah. You you have these startups that have unproven concepts and they miraculously get a bunch of money and now they're they're hostages to their own situation. They're like, "Okay, now this has to work." Yeah, yeah. So 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 but that didn't really answer your question so uh <laughs> so what it looks like is um i would have my 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 pitch deck i i, I would uh, uh take the my my laptop to these events i uh we worked really hard on uh, seeming like a company you know so like uh, it's uh, it's really not just about having a a nice game, but also mm-hmm. it's about uh, not sounding totally uh 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 w- what's the word when you don't when you don't know anything about anything like uh, <laughs> not, not naive uh ignorant yeah, cl- clueless yeah don't you not yeah. not sound clueless about what you're saying like oh we we have done some projections we're we're, we're predicting we're going to sell two million, uh, two million copies by the end of April just don't say anything about that you know right so like uh, just yeah. show, show your game and uh, make sure that uh, you 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 present yourself professionally so 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 uh, uh, one of the first things we did we did when you finished college was to have this website because that's our, the face of our company right so right so then, uh, with that out of the way, you, you you show it to a lot of people and uh, hope for the best. And OK, there's also another important thing. You have to know what you want, right? Uh, this is something that took us a while, longer. So uh, uh, it's kind of like, do you know that the game with uh, Bill Murray uh, that he relives the day? Uh, oh, Groundhog Day. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's this uh, cool. Uh, parallel that I like to make like uh, when he's trying to do something like uh, he has a lot of tries right mm-hmm. and he always gets further every day like okay I figured out that this particular thing if I say this this is bad right so uh like I told you I showed the game to a lot of people uh, at a certain point we got the the part of like a quality of game and uh, the way I present myself that was golden like I was doing that right. well but then uh, I reached a new part of the conversation with these publishers and these investors, which was like, okay, what do you want? And then there was an, a, another learning process because I can't be just, just like, oh, what do you have? What, what have you got? Oh, just give me uh, whatever what you mean? have laying around. you know? so, yeah. <laughs> uh, And uh, so you have to be... Uh, it, it's a it's a, it's a difficult balance from being like too direct like i want this or being just just oh i want some help help me please like you can't just say right that. so uh so that was really cool because uh like i do not i don't i'm not going to remember exactly when but then we <laughs> took a step back and uh pedro which is my my uh, business partner and i we we took a step back and then we started doing something that uh, a lot of people don't really think it's going to be a part of making games, which is uh, using Microsoft Excel a lot. Hmm, so we were like, right. okay, what do we actually want? Okay, we want money—that's for sure. But right. how how much money do we want? Like, and what to account for? And like, we started making these doing these uh, calculations, and then uh, for this, it was just vital to talk to other people. Because mm-hmm. there's a point that you're like, okay, I have no idea how much this costs. So like, okay, right. uh, so then we talk to somebody and say, oh, uh, have you considered that uh, like you have these sort of expenses about you know, taxes or something? Like that? Right, and
0: right.
1: then, uh, and that that really brought this sort of maturity to to finish this last step to be able to say to a publisher to whoever it was, like, hey, we have this cool game, isn't it cool? Cool, we <laughs> are cool? we are cool people. And we're not crooks and we're nice right Right. so give us some money yeah so then the next the final step is give us this very precise thing that we want Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. uh by then uh uh i think you're pretty good to go
0: (laughs) right right that was uh, okay so first off that was a very interesting walk down that that full process because one i love the groundhog day uh analogy to it (laughs) but two it kind of does uh you know place some um some weight or impact in other areas uh, as a consumer, I feel, because on the same end you have people who do things like Kickstarter's or you know crowdfunding campaigns, and I personally am more willing to back something when I see that a developer or you know the, whoever it is that's creating the page has a breakdown that says something like okay 20% is is for this and 25% is for the actual you know like the the visual side of it this is for taxes this is for whatever it is because it you have an idea of okay they're planning this out. They have more of an idea of what they really want to do. They're more likely to hit their deadlines because they have knowledge of the fact that you can't just be like, "Hey, can I have some money?" and then a, a game will come out of it, right? Like it doesn't. It just doesn't work that way. There's yeah. there's a little bit more that goes to it.
1: And that especially applies to people you don't know, you know. Mm-hmm. Like uh, if you see something on Kickstarter. It's like a, it's Martin Scorsese on Kickstarter. Like, hey guys, I, ro- I got a really, really cool movie about <laughs> birds. I'm not gonna tell you what it is, but give me ten million dollars, I would give it to him right. because he's gonna do something good. <laughs> right, right. But who is co- who are the coffee nuts? Who are these guys? Just some, some random Brazilian people, and right, we, right. We, we have to have the humility to be like we're uh, like uh, we're no nobody right now. But if 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 we want to be somebody we have to uh, one day we have to acknowledge that there's no way that uh, this person is not thinking this is a potential risk to invest and so the, your 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 uh, logic as a kickstarter backer is the same as any right. investor yeah. like uh, you have to show that uh, you're not a crook and that you you and also like uh, uh, part of that also that be, being believable is showing that uh, uh, your plan is also doable. This is a, a problem that I, ha- that I saw a lot back in college. Like uh, people, they wanted to make a game that innovated in every single thing ever. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. oh, my game is gonna be like uh, GTA and Dark Souls and Pokemon, <sighs> but better. All those three combined and better. I mean,
0: that does sound interesting.
1: Well, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) But but the thing is, like, the same people were struggling to remake Pac-Man. Right, yeah. (laughs) So, like, when you can first make a functioning Pong on Unity, let's talk about innovating that Pong. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah
0: that's a great point okay so we've spent uh, a lot of time talking about your history about coffee knots and i've enjoyed every second of it but i think we need to actually dive into the game the reason why we're here of oh, yeah. course is for space lines uh so you talked about kind of your, your elevator pitch that you have to give to investors or to individuals or just anyone who who really needs to know about this game right so why don't you tell us a little bit for maybe someone who doesn't know anything about this game. What is it all about? What makes it so special? Let's hear that elevator pitch.
1: Right. I'm a little rusty because now that we have a publisher, I haven't been practicing that pitch.
0: (laughs) You're like, where's the publisher? Bring him on for this part.
1: (laughs) Right, yeah. So uh, let me see if I can uh, uh, remember. So yeah, my elevator pitch is uh, uh, we wanted to make a game that was uh, simultaneously uh, uh, co-op, roguelike, and non-violent, mm-hmm. and these three combinations uh, uh, together are uh, uh, are something that we don't really see. And uh, right, so uh, especially for the roguelike genre, absolutely. So uh, you either have one of those that are broken, like it's either not co-op or it's uh, it's or there's combat mechanics. Or like, uh, or it's not a party game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, uh, so uh, uh, we we had those those three pillars, and we started looking at games that uh, we really admire. Like uh, first, uh, Faster Than Light, it's an amazing game. Right. Uh, uh, then we looked at uh, some uh, co-op games that are amazing, like Overcooked, Lovers on yep. Dangerous Space Time. And then uh, we started looking at like uh, games uh, with uh, non-violent goals, like uh, Roller Coaster Tycoon, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So then, what if we put these games in a blender, and we <laughs> added a bunch of uh, references from the '60s? So okay. then, what came out was uh, a game uh, about. Uh, um, airlines in space called space lines from the far out, which is like it's a procedurally generated co-op adventure where you and your friends are the crew of like this intergalactic travel company. And so it's your job to uh, 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 to fly the passengers from uh, from planet to planet and uh, make sure they're safe, they're happy and keep uh, keeping your company reputation as high as possible. Uh, unless you want to visit from the space health inspection which is the enemy in the game <laughs> i
0: love it um, okay so <laughs> let's let's dive a little bit deeper into that because i want to know um, i think it's an interesting way to put it uh, that you're essentially running your own airline but in space right yes. what is and you you mentioned a a few of those things of the you know like keeping the customers happy or or things like you know not getting attacked by the health inspector whatever that looks like but what does gameplay actually look like in this you know what are you doing as part of this intergalactic travel company
1: right so uh the game has a, a lot of different uh, uh 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 little tiny micro mechanics mm-hmm. and they also have this kind of uh, macro uh progression so uh, in terms of like a micro mechanics, the game is a, is a comprised of a bunch of tiny mini games, like dozens of them. Like mm-hmm. so, you have to uh, uh, pilot the spaceship. So that means like avoiding collisions and uh, docking to particular places. You have to operate uh, uh, the radar uh, to be the navigator. You have to uh, manage the power consumption. You have to uh, uh, make food, uh, clean the ship, uh, entertain the passengers uh, via <laughs> via dance, uh, repair stuff. So you uh, those and a, a bunch of other more. yeah. That's, uh, and uh, so you have those, but uh, these are th- the things that happen uh, uh, mid flights, right? But yeah, the uh, every roguelike game has a, a run, right? You have a run, like right. uh, so. Uh, our run is what we call a trip. So, every time you start a trip, we plot this uh, procedural star map with a bunch of little connecting flights. Gotcha. And uh, your main goal is to get to a planet called, uh, it's a casino planet called Gambulon 5. So, (laughs) the macro game is uh, every flight, you get a little bit of money from the tickets of the passengers you're transporting. And then Uh you can start installing uh, upgrades to your ship. And then you can buy uh, uh, unlock blueprints for uh, uh, new ships, and then you can uh, unlock like uh, uh, skins, uh, color schemes. Uh, uh, you can even unlock new logos for your company. So like there's this uh, game uh, around the flights, which is all about uh, making your space line uh, cooler and have better ships. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, so you start the game with this really. Uh, Dinky is dinky a word? Just a
0: yeah, no. Yeah, that's the that's what I was thinking as well. Yeah, just a just, dinky little nothing ship.
1: Yeah, it's like a a, a bus. And yeah. but but then you can unlock this really cool like space cruiser that is like a airplane in space, and so yeah, that's kind of this progression, and Very cool. uh, and, and the, just to the, just to cut oh, you off uh, really
0: quick, as far as progression goes, you're mean. You're saying that in between each run, you are not. Uh, specifically changing the ship but as you're playing you're unlocking or getting money or upgrades or things that after a run you can then go with a new ship or is that in between I'm just trying to see what what how much of this is roguelike versus roguelite
1: Oh it's a uh, roguelite we just okay. we say we say rogue because uh, we're afraid people are going to think it's a typo if we say roguelite Okay gotcha <laughs> <laughs> You know it's it, it's kind of like a, a word that uh, people that are really into game design uh, know so, right, but if
0: not, it's not general knowledge. Yeah,
1: so yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was kind of a decision we, we took, but yeah, it's it's totally roguelite. It's like, it, it's okay. a, the game is a little unforgiving, but not that unforgiving. So like, when, when you're flying in your in your run, uh, mm-hmm. sometimes you can find, for example, a bank. And in this bank, you can like uh, buy ship insurance and that makes you okay. like not lose your ship, your whole ship if you crash or if you run out of fuel. Uh, oh,
0: okay. So that's,
1: that's one way you can keep a ship. But, uh, uh, if you unlock a new one, mm-hmm. uh, then, uh, when you lose this run or when you eventually win it, uh, and you come back to the, to the company terminal, the big airport in space we have there, you can, uh, buy, uh, choose another ship. it's, it, it's very similar to, uh, faster than light in a way, right. like, uh, okay. you, you play a little bit with that particular ship. And then, uh, you reach, you reach a certain point and then you unlock another ship and say, oh, that's cool. Next time I'm going to try that one. And
0: right. then eventually
1: you, l- you lose probably faster than light is really hard. So, <laughs> so then you lose and then you are okay. Let me try again with that other ship.
0: Right. Is there ever a point where you can, uh, run out of ships?
1: Run out of ships to unlock?
0: No, I mean like say I, I get, you know, two new ships and then I crash all three of my ships. What do I do?
1: Oh, yeah, so th- that's definitely something we had to decide around. So <laughs> there is there is a point that that can happen. So when that okay. happens, uh, we made sure it was a very humiliating thing that happened to the players. <laughs> okay. What you get is a, you, you get an envelope from the boss saying uh, uh, with, with like, the the minimum amount of money to buy the worst ship possible. And, <laughs> and the envelope says, like, try not to break it this time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Um, so that I I didn't even ask that, uh, in my initial, like my list of questions, but it brings me to the point of accessibility and kind of difficulty, right? So is this entire game one, you know, true difficulty? Are there multiple levels? Are there things that you can do if say I am crashing my ship over and over again, you know, like what, what do those people do? Is it just a get good kind of thing? Or is it a, you can lower the difficulty?
1: so that initial thing that i mentioned about what the game is about is like roguelike co-op non-violent mm-hmm. uh these three things they might not sound like it but when you start thinking a lot about it it's a major trap we laid ourselves because there are so many challenges that come with that
0: right. and
1: uh, so and uh because uh let me give an example of overcooked i mean i, I love overcooked it's an amazing game mm-hmm. but the the one of the reasons one of the ways that it works is because it's fully based in level design right Right. you have these predetermined levels that are very well thought out and it's it's amazing that's why it really works but we didn't want that we wanted procedural right we wanted it to be completely random not random procedural. and okay so cool so let's think about another example of uh, something procedural and co-op so when we have left for dead Left 4 Dead is an amazing game and yeah. uh, people some people play it until today right because it's a uh, uh, they have an AI in uh, Left 4 Dead which uh, controls events like uh, uh, I don't know if you played it but every time you play it, it is different even though you're at yeah. the same level like uh, sometimes this particular zombie might come out of a place that you have yep. you weren't expecting yep. so so then we are thinking okay that's cool but now we have to find a way to do that for non-combat uh, mechanics that we have. Right. So we had to develop a system that adapts, uh, that the first is able to read what's happening. So like, OK, you have three hungry passengers, one vomiting, your toilet is clogged. There's <laughs> seven asteroids coming right at you. And we are numerically are able to know what, how, what that means in terms of difficulty for one, two, three, or four players. Right. So when we, when we do have that information, now we have to decide what is going to happen next. So then the AI that we had to develop sees that, okay, there's, I think there's room for one more asteroid. So then it's just found <laughs> another asteroid. <laughs> so uh, in order to be uh, fair uh, it, it's, all, it, it, it's uh, and procedural, uh, it's a really tricky game to balance. Like we're still doing it. Yeah. And it's all about tweaking that AI. To make it more cruel or less more or less yeah. cruel.
0: <laughs> that uh, that does sound like a, a difficult thing to to balance, but um, it kinda sounds like it's it's a one specific difficulty level and you're just trying to really find that sweet spot. Is that correct?
1: Well, uh, yeah, there's a lot of things we have to decide like uh, uh, like how often does the AI try to spawn asteroids? Or like right. a or uh, numerically, how difficult should we consider an asteroid to be? Or like, how difficult yeah. should we consider uh, a board passenger messing around the ship? How difficult is that? Like at a six or ten? <laughs> right. Know. Right. So uh, it's a lot of little things. Uh, so it involves a lot of testing, and because the game is a, a multiplayer, and we mm-hmm. are allowing the game to be played in all these different configurations, we also have to do that four times.
0: Yeah yeah so uh, i did want to talk about this because i think it is interesting especially when you have games like a and and overcooked you know you have the the idea of because you have one person or two people um the difficulty changes right you know a, a group of four people on a map of overcooked is much harder and frantic than it is when you just have the two people because they don't want it to just be like oh you have more people so you win right so like how yeah. is it in this game, is it something where you're trying to balance it based on difficulty of how many people or are you giving AI characters that are helping? Is it just you alone and you just change how many of those those you know events are happening? What does that look like?
1: So uh, full disclosure uh, the, the second AI character that helps you is a thing that we are still considering, but we really don't want to do it. Okay uh not because it's a lot of work. it is a lot of work but not not for that reason is because uh, we wanted a game that uh uh didn't feel like uh we, we didn't want people to be able to notice we, the mechanics we want right. it just to feel like you're running a space line you know okay. so so like uh uh you don't really uh uh have like a, a very a, Clear image of like the timers that are going on, or like oh you have five seconds to finish this. So uh, what we ended up, what we are trying to do is to the game is just completely different. The way that the AI is tuned for each quantity of players. So for example, just to give one example, when you have just one player, it's really really annoying to have lots of asteroids because you're focusing on doing a lot of things in the ship. Mm-hmm. And you're not really paying attention to the steering wheel, you know? Right. So, like, uh, so we 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 remove that uh, that ability from the, the 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 game balancing AI when it's one player. But then, as soon as it's two players, we think, okay, now one can be the pilot. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of that's the that's how we do. We kind of change what mechanics are available, what events, how often they happen.
0: Right. Yeah. I, like we already talked about, it seems like a, a tough thing that you're still kind of going back and forth about. That makes sense. I won't harp too much more on that. Um, but what I do want to talk about is actually the art direction. So something not mechanics-wise. So art direction and kind of theme of this game. You know, I, I mentioned that I love the quirky characters. <laughs> Even though looking at them, sometimes they look pretty damn creepy in, in some aspects. Some of those images, I was like, oh, this is a little little freaky the way their eyes look but i think that the 60s theme i wanted to kind of go towards because it's an interesting pick right um it's it's something that i think made sense from like the art style for for the the um I feel like it's associated with things like overcooked and with those kind of party games, you know, having that that more cutesy kind of like quirky look to them. Yeah. But the '60s part it interests me. Why did you go for this type of style? You know, what was it about the '60s and 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 merging that with this game that made sense to you?
1: Yeah. Um, well, first, the, the the creepy look is uh, uh, there is some intention behind that because we want <laughs> we want the uh like uh, I hope you do get to play the game one day uh, it's uh, 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 it's nerve-wracking <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> when things are going wrong it's like uh, you see this little character like why did I choose this job right <laughs> so uh, okay so uh, regarding the 60s a uh, bit so uh, it's... There, there are a lot of examples of comedy, science fiction, mm-hmm. and we really wanted it to be science fiction because you know, uh, it's, there there's, I mean, there's no, it's there, uh, it's hard not, not to make a space game that is not science fiction. So, uh, right. I mean, uh so it's, it's hard to have to, to, uh, to merge comedy and sci-fi. And then I started looking at some examples of that and, uh, a major influence is Futurama. Right. Yep. Uh, you you start to see uh, something that they really do a a lot, which is uh, instead of having this halo-looking science fiction stuff, they're like, okay, let's have all our references and uh, imagery from older sci-fi, because uh, uh, there's something inherently funny about uh, how people in the past... Uh, messed up what the future was going to look like mm-hmm. you know so like right. you see you see these uh like these old-timey uh, sci-fi illustrations of like oh in the future it's it's always like this the voice of the narrator right in the future home of america you're going to have uh something that prints newspapers right at your door like yeah. no that's so wrong you're not gonna have that like uh, <laughs> it's, it's a stupid idea but that really felt like for them what was going to be the future so there's this really right. fun part about like retro futurism uh mm-hmm. which is like uh, it's you learn about uh, like when you see jetsons when you watch jetsons which was also major influence for us it's just it's not in the future it's in the 60s they just right. have some sci-fi looking stuff you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so when you take that and you put in a modern uh, piece like a Futurama or a Rick and Morty does that also, uh, uh, that's really a very uh, fertile ground for humor. So, so that that took our our, our direction uh, in a route of always thinking like, okay, we're, we need to make a thing that cooks food. So we could do like, okay, this really uh, sci-fi cool food materializer. But then I thought, okay, why don't we just take this like barbecue grill and put a laser on it?
0: <laughs> yeah, why not? So
1: yeah, so uh, in the future. Uh, yeah, if, so, if you look, if you look at the objects in, uh, in the game, they are none of them are sci-fi objects. They're just uh, uh, common uh, everyday objects with sci-fi stuff glued on top of them. <laughs> There's a joke in turn inside the, the, the uh, uh, It's not a joke, but something that we like to say uh, internally is that we're not making a game about the future. This is a period piece,
0: right? Yeah.
1: So uh, so 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 that really gives us a lot of opportunities for for humor and for like these ridiculous nonsensical uh, technologies. Uh, like uh, uh, one of the, my favorite scenes from Futurama is when they they're they're going to have this pool party. And then uh, I think Professor Farnell's work brings, brings like this package, which is like a, a instant water. Mm-hmm. It's like a little powder thing that he just <laughs> dropped in there and just, just adds water and then it becomes more water. This, yeah. this doesn't make any sense, but it's sci-fi, you know?
0: <laughs> right, yeah. That's it's just the future. That's, that's what it is. No, I, I really enjoy that idea because it is weird to look now that... Because I believe the Jetsons was based sometime around what would be like today. Like wasn't it like 2030 or something? Oh, actually, I actually have no idea. Yeah, I have to I'd have to look again, but it's it's one of those things where we're getting close to those <laughs> closer to those years where we had, you know, uh, back in the day, they would come up with these ideas of this is what the future will look like and you now in today's date look at it and you're like we couldn't have been more far off from like a lot of things that we thought yeah. would be there, and it is it is definitely an interesting piece now because you're literally trying to do that, but in a way that obviously makes no sense, uh, which I, I <laughs> can see the humor in, and I do enjoy. Um,
1: yeah, and uh, uh, the, that is part of the humor, but uh, uh, but we, we could have chosen like like Fallout does it's right, uh, yeah. it's retro futuristic but in, in like for the 40s and 50s not the 60s right. so why why the 60s because there was a, the, like the 60s uh had uh, another thing which was very special which was uh it was this really really uh glamorous age of uh uh air travel like you had pan am and you have like these uh these really uh like uh, the the TWA, all these companies don't exist anymore, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 uh, uh, this, this the same way that we like the contrast between like these stupid technologies, but also it's the future. We really like the contrast, like that is like you are playing in a '60s airline, but there's no glamour at all. Like there's these aliens right. puking, and like uh, <laughs> and your company is getting shut down by the health inspection, so. Uh, and, and uh and maybe a third reason is that it's just a really cool era like uh, there's a reason that if you look at everything that pixar does they ha- they they are uh like if you look at inside out mm-hmm. it's a recent movie. the logo is 60s typography if you look at uh, the incredibles uh it's basically set in the 60s like if you see the the, the architectures and the stuff like a pixar really uh, uh milks that kind of uh, Iconic look of the mm. era. Everything was very quirky. Like you had the very uh, colorful stuff. It really fits something that is meant for to be played by a family. Right, right.
0: Yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, let's talk a little bit about the game uh, before, because I we've been going for almost an hour now. Which um, oh wow,
1: I, do, yeah, I know. It's, I warned you. I warned you. I'm sorry. I know.
0: No, <laughs> no, not at all. I think time flies, man. Uh, I. I should, it's been kind of a blast Uh, i've really enjoyed going down this this uh just entire um what's the word i'm looking for it was it was an interesting insight into a lot of things that i don't often get with these interviews uh which i enjoyed which was just more or less the the um the tips and tricks so to speak throughout your your career as far as like You know what went right what went wrong kind of a thing um but let's let's wrap up the game with uh the fact that on the trailer and steam page both of them say that the game will be released in 2021 now i know you won't give me an exact date i'm pretty sure skystone would be upset uh greatly if you drop that here right but um how is development going right do you still feel confident about this year being the the year that this actually releases can we expect you know maybe a a time window announcement anytime soon
1: um um well it's uh definitely gonna be this year uh uh i'm gonna say it's gonna be somewhere around the second half of the year and uh by the way uh uh I know usually there's this sort of in the indie community like oh my publisher is gonna kill me uh skystone are the like the the nicest people on earth and uh, <laughs> right. and, and, and uh, yeah, I mean uh, I just want to i wanted to say that because uh, uh it really it, it's it's great to see like not all publishers you know right they're, right they're, they're really cool and so right. I mean uh, yeah they're, they're, uh, if I did say something they wouldn't be they would just be like okay you decided to do that. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So, yeah, but uh, I, yeah, it's gonna be this year. But uh, I, I wouldn't, I would, I wouldn't even be able to give you an exact date. Right. Still, but, yeah, still, still
0: working it. hard at it. But you're yes. shooting for this year. I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you.
1: All right. Well, it
0: sounds like things are going well, though, at least. Um, and then my last part about that is. On the trailer and obviously the Steam page, we know that it's going to be for PC, but will there be any other ports as well? Or do you have any ideas for possibly, maybe depending on reception, putting this to, say, an Xbox or a PlayStation or a Switch?
1: Right. Uh, So uh, we're going to release, the initial release is going to be simultaneously uh, PC and Xbox. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. And uh, PC, we're, we're considering lots of platforms, but uh, most definitely Steam, mm-hmm,
0: looking into mm-hmm.
1: epi- Epic. So, yeah. Very cool. Um, and then the last thing I want to talk about
0: is really just, and you've already kind of covered a lot of these, um, but maybe there's one thing you want to really hone in on. So, I always like to hear this, and at the end of every episode, I like to ask just some advice for people who are not in the indie space but want to become a a part of it or maybe are but kind of aren't at that level yet um for those who who want to be a developer or someone who is you know the co-founder of a, a gaming company what advice would you give to them
1: that's a tough one there's not, not because there are, uh, it's just because there are too many. <laughs> right, yeah, I know. But, uh, but if I had to pick like the most important ones, I would say, uh, well, first, uh, 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 be insistent, like, uh, you know, keep trying. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, uh, uh, it's, uh, don't expect something to be like uh, Overnight, like uh, you're gonna have a a huge hit. Uh, uh, So these things take time, and uh, you have to keep trying. But uh, uh, and the uh, the other part is like uh, at least try once, because that's also something that happens. Like people, they make this project, and they're like, "Oh, why doesn't anybody know about it?" Because Mm -hmm. you haven't been to a single event or convention, right? go to these things uh and not just to show your game to people but uh to 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 get that constructive feedback and more importantly uh it's so 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 important to have mentors and uh it's it's weird like uh but uh people like to be mentors like uh the, the, it don't always feel like you are uh bothering somebody but if you're asking for advice like uh people like giving advice people that are more experienced and it's so 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 helpful because like they they've been there before and they know stuff that you probably don't know yeah and i think uh my uh my maybe my final advice is um don't think like a gamer think Think like a game designer.
0: Hmm. Like
1: uh, uh, it's it's nice to see. To, it's nice to be able to make a project that you want to play, but also think about making a project that you can make. You know, like uh, 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 think about everything that is involved, which is goes which goes beyond like just having the idea right? It, 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 it's so difficult. It's one of the, uh, like, uh, it, uh, the, the workforce in the games industry is ridiculously, uh, qualified. Like you have people that know everything about everything people that know, like you have writers, you have like these uh, programmers that also are artists and uh, mm-hmm. it, it's, it, it takes a long time to do anything like and uh people might like in and this is not very like gamer or just a consumer perspective like okay they look at a game like overcooked they're like okay that's a simple game simple my butt (laughs) it's so hard to make even a game that is apparently simple right and not i mean i'm not even going to talk about stuff like uh, a gta that's like several thousand people working in that so like uh uh look for something attainable something that you enjoy but that is possible and uh and and so initially it's much more important to be able to prove to people that you can finish something than to have this groundbreaking project that people are gonna be like oh my god the new einstein is here!" just you know (laughs) so yeah it's i'm sure those are all those things i said are related in some way to some right uh, grander uh, logic but no, uh, you, f- you guys figure it out <laughs>
0: yeah no i think it was great i think this whole episode was a big walkthrough of a lot of tips and tricks for people who might be interested to get their way in or their foot into the door in the industry or to start working on whatever it is they're passionate about but for those listening, Space Lines from the Far Out is currently in development, but if any of this sounded interesting to you, be sure to head over to the Steam page and wishlist it. Once again, Fabio, thank you so much for joining.
1: It was a great pleasure. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Thank you.